So welcome back to the Here We Go Again podcast. We've got a special guest who was with the club for over a decade, over 300 appearances in the Premier League under Sam Allardyce. Kevin Nolan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, surprisingly, you know, in this pandemic and what's going on at the minute, uh, being able to get out on the pitch and do training and be, you know, involved in, in football in these crazy times uh, is, 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 has been good. Uh, but just wishing now and hoping that we can get back to normal normality as quickly as possible. But well, great, thanks, mate. So um, I'm sure Paul's explained to you before. We're going to sort of talk through your career. Obviously, a big chunk of that's Bolton Wanderers. You're obviously a lad who was born in Liverpool, came through the ranks at Bolton. How did that come about? Were you sort of playing grassroots football, junior football in Liverpool when Bolton picked you up? How did that come about? Yeah, I was uh, Liverpool. Uh, I was out Liverpool from nine to about thirteen, I think, and then I went back and just started playing with my friends. But at the t- at the time, we used to have the City Boys as well, and I was playing for Liverpool City Boys. And I was playing with a lad called Daryl Tago. Paul, I'm not very well. Yeah. Uh, he was with the with the club for many years, uh, and his dad it was Phil. Uh, he was the one who um, sort of we were on our way home from Liverpool City Boys training, and he'd asked me how I was getting on at Liverpool. Yeah, and I said, oh, I haven't played for Liverpool now for the last four or five months. He was like, and he sort of slammed the car on, what? And I was like, one of them. You know, a real dramatic reaction, which I weren't expecting. I've gone, eh, eh, I, I, I'm, yeah, I've been playing with South Fulham, we stood the league, and he was like, oh, we can't be having that. Well, do you fancy coming to Bolton? And I was like, well, yeah. And sort of that's how it come about, first and foremost. And then from there, um, we ended up, uh, yeah, I ended up coming up training, ended up doing a... Um, a couple of days and um, I remember at the time um, a, a fella called Rob um, and uh, Phil Bell um, Belly's dad who was who was, a, who was playing they, Rob was playing for us as well um, and you know within within that session he said yeah they want me to sign and they want me to come there and yeah as they say the rest is history but it was it was it felt so good going there uh, and it made me feel really welcome and, and it just sort of as they say, it all grew from there, which was, you know, for me, one of the, you know, the best times in my life, really. How long did it take you to sort of get close to the, the first team picture and training with the first team? How long did that take you? Well, I, I joined that, that season uh, and then, in, in, so I was under 15, it would have been. Um, so that's the season and then I went into under 16 the year after and then I was in the actual squad for the FA Cup tie for the you know for the under 18s um so you know that meant that there was some sort of development there and I was I was on the bench there so it was great for me so I, I always felt like I was moving or you know and I, I was getting options and opportunities not options but opportunities to sort of show my show what I'm about and show show me because I was doing very very well and we had a really good side in that under 16 side I, I think we went the full season we didn't we didn't lose many games if we did maybe one uh, and we were playing all the big teams, Liverpool's, Man United's, Everton's, Man City's, all the teams around us, you know. So it was it was a tough old league and uh, or a tough old, you know, week to week games, but we, we we held our own definitely. And uh, for me it was it was a natural progression. You know, I ended up, you know, then getting the uh, offered the Academy scholarship, which was the one of the first or was the first season. Uh, and it, it just went from there. So uh, from the time when I had the sort of Jake of me mate's car just sort of stopping in the street because I've been released by Liverpool and him asking me to go to Bolton. I think within that eighteen months I've been on the been on the bench for the for the youth team 
in an FA Youth Cup, um, and I then and I was actually uh, then I've been offered a scholarship, which you know was a play on my wildest dreams, which was just which was great. Kevin, what were your first impressions of Big Sam? Because you you obviously must have like kind of met him more or less straight away when you came, because he he did give opportunities and he was very interested in in the youth setup, wasn't he? And how it how that was managed and progressed. Yeah, well, when he first came in, it was just like you know, what is that on his lip? You know, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it was like a little slug on his lip. If you remember, I don't, you can remember that far back, yeah, ball, but yeah. yeah, I remember him being a giant of a man. Me only being a seventeen-year-old boy because it was Colin Todd at first. Yeah, of course, was, yeah. And and you know, I was in the I was in a lot of reserve team, but wasn't really getting the chance to train with the first team. But as soon as Sam come in, I sort of. It sort of just escalated from there. I was always involved with the first team training, and if I wasn't involved with the first team training, I was playing for the reserves. But very well, after Sam come in, I very rarely then went back down to what was then the under 19s. Uh, I, I was so I, I, when I moved, I was only just turned 16. I think it was a week after, and I moved out and I come into training, and it was a week, you know, six months so 16 and seven days or something, and it was my first time as a professional. Well, sorry, I should just say as an academy scholar, mm-hmm. and it was just so different. And then it just went from there. Really, I was playing in under nineteen, so we were playing against lads always, which was made it tougher. But it was better for us and for our development, and it gave us a mentality and a strength that you know we were there to develop as players. And I think that's what you know Martin Dobson and Chris Sully seen at the time is that although you know we were we were getting a you know good few items, there was a lot of positives from the beginning of the season up until the end. And we got a couple of lads too because of how we done that and how we shaped it up, which was which is only you know a, a tick by the, by their names and what they done. So, but yes, yeah, Sam was massive for me as soon as he walked in. You know, we recognised that he wanted me to be in, around the first team, which was great for me. So I had that full sort of second season as a which would have been under seventeen, if you like. Um, where I, I was, who, who were some of the players at the time, like the senior players who would have taken you under the wings? Oh, uh, you know, France would have been there, wouldn't they? Yeah, France and Klaus Jensen, Fishy, Klaus, of course. Uh, you know, Fishy Fish. left to go to Charm, but then we had, uh, you know, Dane Allsworth, Forrest. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a proper, you know, old school Mikey Whitlow, yeah. Steve Banks was there, UC was there, and uh, Goodney Bergson. Um, yeah, so many great senior players to look up to, I guess, wasn't there? Yeah, and and yeah. you know they were they were a great bunch, and and Pierre Franson sort of took me under the wing because I was that sort of position, and he was brilliant with me. You know, you know, on nights out and stuff, I'd, I'd go to his first, and he'd have, he'd be, he'd have me back, you know, on everything. So it was nice knowing that, you know, and and you know Neil Cox was there. He was he was I used to do his boots, but I think he just left when I started playing. Really, uh, he, I think Sam got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I knew a lot of them, but it, so it was sort of still the old school. But they were, you know, they were really respectful of me and they were great with me, uh, which was fantastic. And then obviously I established myself quite quickly, which was nice, and uh, took me opportunities when they come, which obviously always helps because I think then they should start to have a bit of respect for you. And they were great with me, and I just tried to work as hard as possible. And I think they could see that that I'd do anything, you know, to try and become professional footballer. So it was great on my on my on my side. But uh, yeah, it was. It, it seems weird looking back now, and when I see myself and them first kits and stuff, and how skinny I was, and you know how, how young I looked, and it was like, my God, uh, my boy's only what seven years off that now, and it just feels like <laughs> it was a miles away. But 
it's she, it all soon just you know creeps up on you. So that's why I keep telling him now he's at Nottingham Forest at the minute. Yeah. I keep saying you know enjoy these years because in a couple of years it might not ever be there again. So uh, he's he's doing really well. But yeah, it's just great. It's great, great looking back, and it's nice when you do things like this to to, to look back on things like that. And your debut, can you remember much about your debut? I mean, obviously you will do, but who was against and how you how you was it Charlton? Yeah, thousand was it? I think. Charlton, yeah, I think we got beat 2 0, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, but I think I come on before that. I might have been, I, I think I come on game. against, yeah, yeah I, I come on um, against Fulham mm-hmm. as well. I come on in four games that season um, mm-hmm. Crystal Palace away. I think there was uh, Charlton, uh, Fulham, and there was one more, which is through me now because I normally know this. Um, <laughs> And I'm really, really, really upset that I don't know it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, them. I remember going away because it was, you know, the back end of the season, mm-hmm. and I remember going away thinking I want more, than, more, more of that. I want to be right at it, and you know, I want to be part of what it felt in them games uh, coming off, or um, which was, which was great. And I remember against. Fulham, I had a, a shot which from about 25 yards out, which I think Mike Taylor was in goal for them at the time, mm-hmm. pulled off the top corner, which you know would have just obviously been uh, unbelievable if I would have been able to do that. But it was, yeah, uh, and I was unfortunate because that was the back end of the season, and I come back the, the season after ready and ready to go, fit as a fiddle, you know, hoping to try and make a mark. And I, I end up, you know, breaking me, me wrist. Over in that dreaded uh, America tour, I don't know if you remember Paul, but oh yeah, well, <laughs> what went on over there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was lucky enough out of the out of the thing when all that stuff went off. I, uh, the gaffer and I had, had, had come back because the gaffer had to get players because we didn't have any, yeah. um, we were scrambling around for them, and uh, I had to come back because they thought I was I needed an operation on me wrist, which I didn't need in the end. But yeah, and then um, everything just sort of escalated from there. I was able to keep my fitness up. The, you know, they were really intent on making sure that I didn't lose many days. I remember having my arm like this and like being in, in the in the in the running in pools and stuff like that. It was, uh, yeah, you know, whatever they asked me to do, I, I didn't ever worry because I had a big cast on. I just said, yeah, I'll do it because I wanted to be a part of Sam's squad. And um, yeah, it, it sort of went from there. And then I remember just getting a phone call. I trained in the day, uh, and um, I went. I went in the squad at all. I went doing anything, but I trained. Done a done a little bit with the first team. I'd literally got the cast off. I think about four days earlier, uh, and I don't think the physios were, were, were too happy because I, I'd had to have it, you know, strapped up. And I got a phone call from Phil Brown on my way home, and he just said, "You're in the squad." Get one, get your tracksuit and come back. Brilliant, yeah. So I live a tracksuit, drove back up, and then I was on the bench. No, and behold, after about sixty minutes, I think I was on, I was on the pitch, and that was it. Then it just sort of kicked off from there. I went on, went on with the wrist, all the wrist stuff on, and then yeah, as they say, the rest is, is history. Like in terms of that was the beginning of what was going to be then a successful first season in, in the championship, where I went on to make I think it was about thirty eight appearances, if I'm right. Yeah, um, or it might be anything around that. Yeah. I think the, the 37, one, so I'm close, mate. Yeah, see, yeah, I told you that I don't, I'm not too far off. The other game that you were, you were, you couldn't think of earlier, I think it was Man City, the fourth one. Man City, it was, yeah. I come on yeah. for John O'Kane, that's the one. I come on for John O'Kane because he had a really tough time against uh, Kennedy. 
remember Mark Kennedy, the winger. Oh, yeah. And he'd absolutely, I don't, I don't remember, I remember main road, he used to be really wide, so it was great for wingers. And I come on at right wing back, and I remember the, I remember the gaffer just going on, and, and he just said to me, listen, just make sure he doesn't go past you, no matter, no, by no means. Phil Brown said, once, you know, Phil Brown being the right back he was, if you get an opportunity, just go right through him. So I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, Mark Kennedy's just shown John O'Kane, you know, a, a new set of wheels and he is now off the field. What do I do? First time, first minute he got it, I just went about wallop. Just give him one. I remember giving Kennedy one and, you know, could see then he thought, this little, you know, I, I mean, he wanted to kill me, but I just, I, I was like a little cheeky scouter and I was like, you're going to get it again. Every time you get it, you're going to get it again because I, there's no way I'm going to stop you otherwise. And in them days, you could get away with giving them a good, you know, the referee would give you three or four good ones, you know, before he put you in the book. So, yeah, I, I think I just took it right, everything what Sam had done. So I come on a right wing back, I think, in that game. I come on a right side centre back against Crystal Palace during the midweek game. I come on the centre mid and in the other two games, which is against Charlton and Fulham, and then four games, they were the four, four appearances I made. So we, I, I still think because I was playing centre half, Sam didn't really know where I was, but I think he seen me as a midfielder, but knew that I could sort of sit in and or go and do something. And I think because I wasn't phased by the fact that he'd go, well, throw him in at right wing back or throw him in right side of the centre back, because I wasn't phased by it, it was just like, yeah, let's do it. You know, and uh, but yeah, we got some. We got some. Even though we got beat by City, and I think Charlton, I think we got a good point down at Crystal Palace, and we and we beat uh, Fulham, as I said at home. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the first season, the first sort of breakthrough season, the two thousand two thousand and one season. Like you said, a thirty-seven appearances, three goals. You must have been pleased to have sort of established yourself in the team quite quickly in what was a successful season for the club. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know the. When you when you get that opportunity about taking it, but then you've got to have someone who's got the faith and the trust in you. And Sam gave me that. But although you know he had that faith and trust, it's then about me making sure to take the opportunity because we had some good seasoned professionals playing in that team as well. You know, Robbie Elliott, Gareth Farley, Pierre Franson, who all got Paul Warris. They were all part of that midfield partnership, or if you like, what we'd all created in that three. So it was about me sort of finding my own and, and you know I hadn't found probably my goal scoring touch at that time but I was contributing to the team on a regular basis which was good for me and you know I was starting to build relationships up with, with people which Sam had thought seen uh, and as, as you said you know you know three goals is not great out of 37 appearances and I'm quite you know um, worried about that because that brings my statistic way down when I'm looking at it when I look back on it but you know for the first four seasons when I look back after that I was like Jesus shit and I remember going away from that season, going right. I want to be want to be even better now. So I, I didn't have a break. I just went back into training more, harder, working, just ready to go. But that season was just magnificent from start from beginning. You know where you think I broke my wrist on. Oh, no, they're going to bring more players in. But then you get your opportunity out of the blue at Grimsby, and then it just sort of went like that from there. And it just felt like it was, you know, it was never going to end. It was just, you know, so easy and good um, but it wasn't because I know how much hard work I was doing you know to get there as well Yeah because people necessarily don't see that do they? They, they'll just see you on a, a Saturday or a Tuesday night for 90 minutes but they won't see the hard work that players put in beforehand and I guess some players work a bit harder than others at training but it goes to show proofs in the pudding isn't it if you work hard in training then the benefits come over there on a Saturday afternoon aren't they 
yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, you only get out of football what you sort of want to put into it. You know, I think if you're lazy with it and you're a bit lethargic, you, yeah, listen, you can get away with it. You can get away with it maybe for six months, a year with top players, two years, three years maybe tops when you're top top player. But it all catches up with you. There's no matter what, you've got to put the work in, you've got to put the professionalism, you've got to be professional with everything you do. Um, and 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 unless you can't stay at the top, you know you, you you're not allowed to do it because people go by you because now it's such a you know you've got to be such a physical um, specimen and you've got to be mentally tough and all that type of stuff. You know you you heard a lot of things about mental, you know mental uh, people struggling with mental issues because of, of of the pressures of what it, what it brings. And you know I can I can understand why there's a lot of people talking about it now because. You do, you know, you, you worry about your game before and you worry about your game after. You, you you worry about whether you can, you know, you're going to get that contract. You They're all the worries what you're having in life, but it's only the worries what people have on a day-to-day basis who are normal working class people. You know, how, how much money are you going to earn this week? Can you get the rent in? Can you get, you know, the mortgage paid? Can you do this? So it's about doing it the right way and having the right people behind you. And I think that's one thing what I think people sort of can... Um, say about me is that you know they can all can connect with me about is that I was always you know wore my heart on my sleeve and I was always there and I, I worked as hard as them and I was so grateful for the opportunities well not only Sam giving me for world but all the opportunities and all the people who were around me at that time including all the staff and all the people you know to give me the opportunity to be the best Kevin Nolan I could be and you know with all the support of the fans and everybody else in and around me with my family which made it so much easier and so much of a more nicer experience doing it, you know. What was the um, the final at the Millennium Stadium in two thousand and one? What was that like to play in as a young lad? Well, you just again, you know, you think, you know, I'm thinking, I've just full first full season, got to the playoff final, you know. Now we're we're at the Millennium and walking out, it's unbelievable. I've got, I reckon, I had about seventy of my friends and family there. Yeah, and we win three 0 You know, scored the last two in the last couple of minutes, just to you know put it to bed, and you know that you're getting promoted, so you can sort of enjoy everything what's going in and around you. And it's one of the probably the most the rarest occasions. And then I, I relived it again years later at West Ham because we scored in like the 90th minute, and you can sort of look back and you're thinking, Jesus, you know, you're looking at all the crowd, you can see how happy they are, you know it. You're going to the Premier League, it's it, it's like wow, you know what what's what, what's happening. And I remember that night, like, you know, as if it was yesterday, we had such a fantastic evening. Everyone stayed over. We had a big party together. We all had a drink. And then we went back home to Liverpool. And then everybody from all my family to friends, they all gathered at my house. I was walking around with my playoff final winner's medal all day. Couldn't take it off, you know, wouldn't take it off because I was just so proud to, to have done what we'd done. And it was just such a fantastic, fantastic experience. And it was just like, and I remember just, you know, that night, uh, and you know, long we are. I didn't drink at that time, so it was you know, I only I think I might have only had a couple of beers. Um, I, well, did I? I might have, might have, might have even had a beer, but I remember thinking and speaking that night and just saying, and everyone going Premier League player now, and I was going, yeah, now I've got to prove I'm a Premier League player. So that was me, me, all my attention switched to being now the best Premier League player and wanting what best Premier League player I can be and being the best Kevin Nolan to make sure I'm ready for the Premier League and, and that's when I said you know I didn't even give myself an opportunity to, 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 to relax or rest I think I booked an holiday with my cousin for a weekend uh, to, and we went to Magaluf which was my first lads holiday uh, which was you know uh, well that might have been the year before so I don't even think I went away that year I might not have 
Um, it was it was crazy. So, but I was just hell bent on just getting ready, making sure that I was you know I was fit as a fiddle. As soon as I walked in on that on that first um, first day preseason, and I, and I was, uh, and it, and it, you know obviously shows with the start we had uh, because of what what we done and were able to do during the first this season in the back in the prem. Yeah, and um, it was against Leicester, if I'm not mistaken. It was quite an extraordinary game, really, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't know why, but I, it's quite funny actually. Um, I've got a couple of friends now who are from Leicester because obviously being Nottingham, got to know a few of the dads at um, Nottingham Forest where my boy plays, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, a few you know their Leicester fans and the dads and that, and they were all in the ground when I done that. I made me so on my Premier League debut actually. Uh, yeah, that was the easiest Premier League debut, I think, for anyone. Just gone to Leicester, you win 5-0. It's not a problem, Phil, but see. So I'll give them a bit of stick about it. But yeah, I remember it. I got the fastest goal. That was the fastest goal in the Premier League. So it was the first goal in the Premier League that season as well, which was great, um, which I've still got in, uh, you know, as a, as a trophy with my mum's. Um, so she's got all, the, all my trophies and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, to get the second and then I had an opportunity to get an attic. I remember the gaffer saying to me the day after, or it might have been the Monday when we'd done the, you know, the the analysis of the game and everything. He said, "Oh, he said you you should have had an attic there." And I went, "Don't worry, I'll get one." And he went, "Oh, it's a big shout that." And you don't realise then because obviously your first game, you're thinking, "Yes, you you know, you know, we've just won five 0 we've done so well," and you're thinking, and and you're thinking, "This is easy, this stuff." But yeah, it took me a long time to get that attic. But you know, I got it. Um, but he said you'll be lucky to get three or four in your career. So. Uh, with the position you play, and I went, all right, okay, well, I'll prove you wrong, don't worry. Which I did in the end, but it took me a long time. <laughs> I think people might have been surprised at that 5 0 victory, but from from my memory at the time, you know, Sam obviously prepared the players really well. Just, I mean, just going back to the playoff game against Preston, the, the, the lads just seemed so confident. You know, they were just so, you know, quite easy. It just seemed. I went into the dressing room before the game and, and there wasn't that tension that you'd normally expect. So it was like Preston, they looked like rabbits in headlights and, you know, they looked fazed by it. But, you know, the, the Wanderers lads and the coaches, they, they just seemed really comfortable in the surroundings. And it, for me, I just thought we, we've won this game and we haven't even kicked off. It just felt... Yeah, I mean, I think that's something what Sam brings. And I think I've sort of tried to, I've sort of put that on you know, when I was in the match, it's to sort of try and bring a calmness to it. You know, although it's you know it's a fantastic occasion, it's great. You can't not get carried away with what's going on. It's, it's about the, the the 90 minutes on the pitch, and you work up to then. And what Sam was great about is that he always he um excuse me he uh, he always thought that he prepared the best way. So he always made you believe, and I think that's what it was. We thought we prepared. We done all our work we knew exactly what they were about we wanted how to nullify them and how to make sure we you know expose their weaknesses and once we done that and you know it was always going to be a tough game because that they were the, you know the one of the best one of the best top six in in that league so we knew that it was always going to be a tough game but we we were confident in what we've done all season and if we continue to do that then we'll be able to get over the line and we did and I think that's that's where that sort of proved from and then if you take that Sort of confidence into the into the Premier League season, and I remember we had a, a conversation, and Sam had said, you know, not you know when the three teams have been promoted, so it was obviously Fulham with John Tagana, it was obviously um, Blackburn with all you know David Dunn, Duff, Matt Janssen, all the boys they were talking about are going to be the next you know lot to, to sort of go on and you know be England superstars, and it was us, and we were unlucky not to be in the top two, you know. Un- 
but for the fact that you know Fulham had spent a load of money on you know a Louis Saha, they had some big players at that time too, and we were sort of like the misfits, if you like, you know, a yeah. couple of young, there's a couple of lads who'd have plucked from, you know, first year, and then lads who had just been there, and, and we, you know, we've all got together, but we, we we bonded, we had such a bond that we thought we could get, you know, we could break them too, but we unfortunately didn't, and we got up through the playoffs, and, and I, I remember. Sam just immediately turned his attention to the fact that, well, actually, this is the next step now because out of all the teams who've gone up to the Premier League and the Championship up until then, or at least one of them has gone down every season. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, they've spent money, they've got the rest, so what are these, everyone's saying that's going to be you, so you, what, that's what you've got to do. So we immediately put it on us in pre-season. This is what, this is what you're up against. You're going to be relegated. By you know, by the fact that what 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 it says and what you know, so we're breaking the rules basically, you know, because of what's happened or, or the probability of, of of three teams staying up is, is zilch because it's never happened before. So we're going to have to do something special if we're going to stay up in the Premier League, because yeah. um, you know the three teams have gone up have never stayed up on, up until then, and we were able to do that, which was a fantastic achievement because everyone was saying, you know, Blackburn deserved to be there. John Scarner would have took Fulham up and they were going to spend money. They were, you know, they were spending the money like no one's business. And we were, again, the ones. And, but, you know, Sam, again, went out, done all his business deals, got all that right, then got everything else, brought people into the club who were going to make the club better. And that's where he sort of started getting, you know, that, that environment, which is the most crucial part of it, and bringing winners to the environment and making... So we had a you know a couple of young lads who, who sort of got got involved with that. Then you know, UC was only young at the time. Myself, Michael Ricketts, uh, Ricky Gardner, you know, just to name a few. And, and you know, used to bring a Yori Joker after the place. And the next minute you see him and the way he does and how he handles himself, then you sort of go right. Well, that's where we're going. That's where Sam wants to take us. So we all bought into it, and, and I think that's why we were able to to stay up. That season, and it was you know brought Freddie Bobich in you know later on in the in the season to score when he scores that attack against Ipswich, which you know sort of seals the fact that we're going to stay in the Premier League. Just them little moments of brilliance and genius from him, and then players stepped up when needed to be for him. Rod Wallace coming, uh, he come in too, you know, but with a wealth of experience, good lad around the dressing room, and these were lads who won leagues or won titles and won things, so they were coming in with. And Sam was bringing them in to bring a positive attitude towards the squad and to to get get results and know you know when you when you are leading one nil can you see the game out and all that type of stuff which we have to do on many occasions so yeah it was um, it was a, such a it was such a special time and special special place to, to be at the time and, and seeing it grow because I remember being in that championship dressing room when we done an analysis meeting and he said that in seven years he wants to be in Europe and everybody in that place. Laugh, yeah. Uh, and he and I reminded them uh, uh, five years after when we got into Europe, and I said I thought it was going to take seven. He went well because you you listened to me, not be lad. We got there in five, so it was quite funny. He brought it right back at me, you know. And um, so because there was a few lads listening to me, he said to me, and you see it myself. Obviously, Ricky Garner, who he said we got there earlier, so uh, which he does in his own little cheeky way, which which, which is great, but. You know, no one could have dreamed to what he had done, and uh, but he had the belief, he had the vision, you know, and we all we all bought into that vision. And if you, that's I think was a was a massive thing on him. Yeah, it's that winning mentality, like you say. You mentioned players who'd won titles in other countries and trophies, like Stelios, who came in later, and yeah, it, they were just winners. They they wanted to win, didn't they? There was just no no other option, really, was there? 
Yeah, and I th- it, the thing is, well, when you go and recruit players and you get into that sort of, it's okay just going on buying the best players, but you've got to buy the best players for the really going to help the mentality of the dressing room yeah. or be a part of the core group. And what the, you know, Mike Ford, who was there, he's got to take a lot of credit for that, with, you know, working with the gaffer and, and all the rest who come in after him. Mm-hmm. But what it was is that he wanted the core group of, of players who he could then bring in. You know, you can then have your little maverick, if you like, like a juice, a large juice, if you like, because he can go off and do his own thing or he can win your games on, on different days and stuff. But he's always a good lad around. And if he needs to be pulled in or we needed to have a little bit of an argument, I wouldn't mind having that or doing that. But the gaffer always had, you know, knew him and always knew what he was up to. So it was, for us, it was, we knew that that was, you know, we could we could handle one or two of them. But the, the majority of that, sort of successful side was built on the fact that we had a core group of players who all believed in what Sam and we were all the extension of Sam and if it didn't work and it wasn't working he, we were the ones he come and come down on you know like a ton of bricks because obviously he's the one in the forefront getting all the stick if, if it's not going well but then when the year's going well don't get me wrong he'd be the one who's patting you on the back and giving you giving you the time off if you needed doing things all the little things what you'd need or whatever he wouldn't you know there'd be no question about it he'd be there for to help you or to to, to to give you to give you it now of course we got like you said uh, the 5 nil win on the opening day at Leicester a couple of months later you scored at Old Trafford against Manchester United. Why did I think you were going to answer that? I, didn't, yeah. I, I thought oh, we were going to skip, I'm going to skip that. that season. I'd skip <laughs> the season. I talked about, I'd talked about Ipswich and everything when we got when Bob has got the attic. No, I mean, listen. Never skip that. I was, was, I'm just going to say, being a scouser, I believe, are you will have a good <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a day, yeah. What yeah, a day. Must have been I mean, amazing. No one could have no envisaged what was, what was going to happen that day. And, but again, we went there with no fear. We were, we were, we were really enjoying the, enjoying the time. And um, I think that put us on 15 points just after 10 games, if I'm rightly so. I don't know, you might have to check that. And it was just, uh, yeah, well deserved. We, you know, we, we, we played well that game, and I had a corker of a volley. And as soon as it, it's one of them, as soon as it, it, it the foot, you can just see it and uh, just nestled into the, you know, the side net, which was, you know, sweet, sweet memories for me. And I um, remember just giving the old Trafford lot the year. But, you know, we went the chicken then. We was just here. Let me hear you now because I couldn't hear them. I could just hear, you know, the couple of thousand Bolton fans in the corner absolutely going off, off the ledge, which is great. Great memories. And then, obviously, Ricks goes away later on. He runs away. You know, people forget how good of a finish he was, but it was a fantastic finish. And you think at Old Trafford going through, you know, in, in situations like that, there's probably only a couple of players you could have thought of at that time. Just one in that position, and he was certainly one of them. And then, yeah, um, and then we went and repeated it again the next year, where I was able yeah. to score again. So, yeah, yeah, a couple of good years, and then we had a couple of clubs after that. But yeah, uh, great memory, great memory winning, uh, and again another massive win, uh, which was important to us getting to the safety where we needed to be. Yeah, you managed to get eight goals in your first Premier League season from midfield, so already showing signs of becoming a goal-scoring midfielder. Did you feel like you'd settled into the top flight quite well after your first season? Yeah, I did. But the thing is, I thought that I was, I thought then I was a Premier League player. And this is where a lot of players go wrong. And I, you know, lucky enough, I had good people around me where I was able to, you know, they was able to give me a kick up the backside because I come back, I weren't ready 
to come back in pre-season. So where I spoke about me now proving to be a Premier League, I thought that oh, I've done it now. I don't really need to, to go and do what I've done last season to be ready for next season. I need to have that break. And I possibly didn't need a break, but not the break what I had. Uh, I needed, you know, you know, to keep my consistency and my performances up. But I went. I was a bit part player in the second season. Uh, I think I might have only scored that goal against Man United. I'm not too sure I scored too many in the second season. Um, but and and that was a learning curve, and it never happened again. And um, but you know, I got the kick up the backside I needed, and I was able to contribute to the to the season, which was another good season. But it weren't the contribution which I should have made or could have made, if you like. And that was because I took my eye off the ball, probably because I thought I'd had two fantastic seasons back to back. I thought then it's just going to roll on. You know what I was talking about earlier. You know, as soon as you take your eye off the ball and you think you made it, or you think you, you think you, you think you did, it all comes crashing down very quickly. And you know, I, I, that certainly that season, you know, I was, I was feeling niggles because I wasn't fit enough. I went, I went feeling great. I went. Went super, you know, and everything, you know, and and it, it was trying to catch up when you're playing catch up to, to Premier League players. You know, you very rarely be able to you get chance to do that. So, uh, yeah, it was just it was a it was a big kick up the backside and and uh, something I learned from very quickly, and it didn't happen again. And I suppose you know the senior players in the dressing room would have helped you with that. Wouldn't they? Did did anybody like? Pull you to one side and say, "Hey, nobby, you know, come on, pull your socks up," kind of thing. Yeah, look, uh, it's not it's not just. That I wasn't, you know, going in and working hard and training yeah. hard. I'm, you know, I went battling, I went going out every night, I went doing all that. It was just the fact that in the summer, I didn't give myself that base to make sure I was ready. So when I come back, you know, I found it difficult. Then I picked up knocks. Then I was out for more time. So and it keeps up on you. So if you miss three, four days, five days, six days, seven days in, in pre-season, all of a sudden you're seven days behind the lads. Plus you weren't with the lads at the beginning. So now you, you could be two weeks behind the lads. So to get two weeks. So get two weeks back up on the lads. It's just nothing, and, it, and it's amazing because of the amount of times I hear players say now, "Oh yeah, well I only missed four days this week," but that's four days of training which you could have had, you know, which you haven't had, and then plus you've not been fitting and fitter than the lads, and I wasn't at the time, you know. I, like I said, when, if it would have happened to me the season before, and when it did happen to me when I broke my wrist, and I said I was doing everything what needed to be done, even though I had a cast like this, and my arm up here, I was running in water and doing whatever it took. You know, I hadn't done that in in, in that, and it, and it, and I paid the price for it, and and that's what I say to players now. You don't you don't think, oh yeah, I'll just have a day off here. It's a day you missed, day you missed on the training ground, whether it's you know learning something, whether it's you know you you, you missed that out on a, on a session which is a finishing session. In my case, it could have been set pieces, could have been finishing, could have been you know a defensive defensive side of it. It, it. That's why it's always important as a player if you can get yourself on the pitch and get yourself ready and available as much as you possibly can, then it gives you the best opportunity come on Saturday to be the best person you can be and the best player you can be for your team and also for yourself. Another goal from, and obviously you say you had that great first season in the Premier League, not so much in the second season, but looking at that first season again just for a minute, another goal that stood out to me, obviously with you being from Liverpool, was a goal at Anfield on New Year's Day in 2002, a one-all draw. How did it feel going there and scoring? Yeah, well, it was crazy because the gaffer had let me go home and stay. Well, stay in 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 my house that that night, um, which you you know again that's what I said. You know, if you're doing well for him, he you know he'll give you them little bits and bobs. And so, because obviously the home comforts what I had, he knew I was a home 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 boy, boy. You know what I mean? And I wanted to be in me in my own environment. So he, I met up with the boys in the morning. 
and remember um, we had a few good injuries and uh, he just said to me over breakfast, over the pre-match, everyone had gone back up to the room, so I was just sitting there finishing my pre-match off, having, I think I was having, maybe having a cup of tea or a drink and just watching the Sky Sports and he just said, uh, someone said to him, um, who's captain? And uh, he shouted over, do you want to be captain? And I was like, yeah, right, yeah, of course I do. And um, I've been captain for the, the reserve and stuff, so like it wasn't something new to me. And I've been captain all my career, you know, with with all my school schools and everything else. So, but I thought it was just sort of a joke, and he went, "Oh, I bet you do," and all that laughing, and then he just <laughs> you know went on to something else. And then we uh, got to the ground, and then he's asked, he's asked the kid man's asked him, and he said, "Nobby," and he's given me the captain's armband, yeah. So then obviously went out, and then yeah, remember, you know. I remember coming over, I remember Henrik Pedersen, don't know, he's still got over today, his leg come up here somewhere, and he got the ball back over, and I remember just coming in the back post and just sort of half volleyed and into the into the back of the net and just standing there with wickets like that, like showing the armband, which was, again, a great moment, and a lot of people there in that in that stadium who knew me who were very, very supportive of what, what, what had happened, and although I took points off here, Liverpool, um, which was, which was, again, was a great moment uh, early on. Yeah, you, you spoke about Sam Allardyce and obviously the ambition that he had bringing in, you know, your Jock AS or Cotcher's players like that. But we spoke to a few of your teammates as well in, in the recent weeks and they said that he had a big emphasis on sports science. How beneficial was that to you guys? Well, you could use it as much as you want or as little as you want, but the thing is if you didn't if you didn't buy into it and buy into what he'd done in terms of you got left behind. Uh, because we were well ahead of a lot of people. We were, I mean, a lot of people come out, go on about Arsenal Wenger and what he's done for Arsenal. I'm sure if Allardyce would have got a job, like a big job at the time, in, you know, in the, one of the big clubs, and um, with what he was doing at Bolton, he would have took a big, a you know, top three, four, five club, and he would have got them uh, to to and would have done what I think Arsenal Wenger done to Arsenal, because we were well ahead of everybody in terms of what we were doing. Uh, the methods, you know, the training methods, all that type of stuff. Uh, and physically, you know, all the nutrition, all that type of stuff. And um, yeah, he was second to none because the thing was, is that at that time, I think that, I think some, a lot of managers want a control of everything and think they know the best of everything because you're the manager. Sam was one probably the one of the only ones who was very comfortable in the own skin. No, he's the manager, but he'd allow the you know the, the, the top it, it, what he's seen as his top physio. He would have an opinion, and that's his opinion, and he'd take that. And if Sam didn't think it was right, although he you know he'd question it and he'd want to know, but in all hands he'd go, "But you're okay. You're the physio. I take it from you, fitness coach." Same. So we had to buy into them people and that thought process and. Because it's not just going, oh yeah, this is what I think. And Sam hadn't become the best fitness coach in the world. All of a sudden, or the best fitness coach in the Prem, or whatever way you want to look at it. But Sam's got to be bought in. And you've got to buy Sam to go, well, yeah, I'll believe in that. And then him to go, right, okay, and then bring it into football. And how can we bring it into football? What can we do? And that's what he was best at doing, you know, to, to bring in all them little things. And having all this staff, and I remember that you know we had a large, large staff, but the staff were all there, and they all had their key bits to to making sure his team was the best team we poss they possibly can be for our team. And you know something which I, I you know I admire about him because obviously he was comfortable in his own skin. And although 
you know, it seemed at the time that he'd be, he wouldn't be there or he'd be in his office and everybody else would be running things. We all knew that it all come from him, you know, and we all knew that they, when we were talking to that staff, his staff, we were talking to him. It was never the fact that, oh, we could then go and overrule the the, 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 phys- the, um, the fitness coaching. Oh, why is he doing this? The gaffer would be like, get out in the office. I know what he's doing. Go and do it. I'll be out in 10 minutes or something like that and we'll have a discussion after uh, and I'll tell you why, but don't question my staff and that's where I think his staff, you know, so loyal to him and he was so good and they were able to, and he was able to sort of go, you know, so far with them um, and if you look at them, all the staff who are at Bolton now, you know, they've been picked and nitpicked from all the top clubs to go to, go to them uh, and, and I think, it's happened with all the staff he's picked because he, you know that's important and it's something which he said to me when I was going into this side of it. He said, you know, it's always important to have the people around you who you trust and you know, but you know, are willing to tell you when you're wrong. He said it doesn't mean that you're wrong, or but they've got to they've got to have an opinion. They can't just be all yes men and you know be happy with what you're saying. They've got to be able to challenge you and and because otherwise. You'll go stale. It might work for a year, it might work for six months, it might work for two years. He said, but you'll go stale, and you won't ever ever be able to move forward. And that's what something what he wanted. He was always looking for the next. What will, what will give us that next percentage? What will give us that next extra bit to make sure that we're staying ahead of the game? And uh, he weren't he weren't afraid to, to you know to listen to anybody in that because I think for all the stuff he did bring, and maybe it was this much. <laughs> I bet you this much was all, you know, how much he didn't. Because, but he had to listen to these people to, you know, sort of sell him in that. And he was like, nah, I don't want any of that. But this all, I could see this working. And he made it work within, within his staff and within in his club. The second, right. go on, oh, sorry. I was saying some of the players he brought in, he, like looking at Kevin Davis, you know, that um, for all intents and purposes, the careers might have, Finish at other clubs, you know, like Kevin Davis is the well, prime example. Kevin Davis was when he comes to us. Uh, I mean, he'll probably tell you himself he was overweight, he was in such bad shape. He, you know, he, I think he'd just come back away from Southampton, did just reach the FA Cup finally. He'd had a huge summer. He, he, he wasn't he wasn't the Kevin Davis what you'd see, you know, a year later or even more. But he worked his socks off there, Kevin Davis, and that's what we liked about him from day one. You know, he's not a big character around the around the dressing room. He's a he's a big big character on the pitch, and he'll give you it all. And you you quickly realise that you know he he trained and played the way he, he wanted. You know he he did, but you know he he was quite a you know shy lad, quite 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 private, quite yeah, quiet. But you know him, you know when we first met him, uh, great lad, um, and you we knew. But uh, and the gaffer, you know, got him fit. And he, but one thing what the gaffer liked and what we all liked about him was that he was willing to go through, you know, the pain barrier to 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 to, to get, you know, that contract to get playing for us and to, and then to be with us and and that's what we all admired about him and I think that just grew from there and then obviously the rest is history as they say with, for Kevin because you know we went off to have a great career with Bolton. But he did it with quite a few players as well, didn't he? I mean, like Euro is an example. Jufi as well. He probably fell by the wayside at Liverpool for. For quite a few reasons, yeah. but um, it kind of the re- only number nine not to score a goal was LSG in Liverpool's history oh, in the season. Right. So that's yeah, the only number nine ever. 
to not score a goal in a season for <laughs> Liverpool as you're, yeah, like you've showed you get that in the quiz you know who it is but yeah I mean do you feel great lad when he comes to Liverpool you know uh, so when he comes to Liverpool you know lots to talk about him but as you've just said quickly you know it can it can fall off because he had all the attention all the adulation which obviously we all know Jufi loves anyway but when he comes to Bolton I think he found a place where as I said, you know, not and I, I hate I hate it, but like it's like the misfits, isn't it? You know, and we yeah. you know we bring in someone and you know we we try and fix him or not fix him, but give him give him an environment where he can flourish. And I think Jufi did that, uh, and he you know for me, I know he has a lot of spats with a lot of players, but for me he was always great. You know, we had our we had our spats ourselves. We had our. Uh, I'd like to, you know put on record he didn't ever spit at me, so. <laughs> um, but it, <laughs> But yeah, we we had our first year of arguments, but we knew that as soon as we walked in, it, it was forgotten about, and I think he respected me for that, and I respect him for that. But uh, you know, as I said, uh, so you know, the contribution he made to Bolton at the time was was incredible, which which was good for us. And we he, he managed to do it with loads of players. You know, I remember Vincent Candela, Bruno Gotti. You know, just Bruno Gotti who went on to have many years. Florent Laville. You know, what what a centre half he turned out to be. Mike Whitlow, Simon Charlton playing centre half. You yeah. know, we would have thought that in the Premier League. You know, what what what's that all about? Um, you know, these are things which he done, which no one else would have thought of. And uh, Ricky Gardner and you know, come to us as, from the Reggae Boys is one of the you know the best left wingers and being one of the best left backs. Bolton's history, probably the best left left back. If you know, I, I hope Jimino doesn't see this, but <laughs> in my eyes, it's obviously Ricky. Um, so you know, it, it's it, it, it's it's one of them. You know, I, I think he, he he always seen, and, and as I said before, he'd always be thinking outside the box because he was always looking to move forward and to get best the best out of people. Lenrik Pedersen, another one going from left winger or forward to being left back. You know, <laughs> not playing left back for for the remainder of his career. You know, just things like that. You just think, wow. Um, but it worked, and it was it was great, and 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 it's because of him and his belief in the player that he could do that. Um, yeah, that's why that's why it did work. And I suppose um, what we're talking about, Sam. You know, it must have been a shock when you know he, he finally he finally left. Um, he'd been at the club for yeah. such a long time, and it it must have been. I suppose the players would have kind of half expected it because he was an ambitious guy. But again, I suppose when when it happened, it must have just been a big blow to to the lads. Yeah, it, it was heartbreaking. I, I won't go. I won't say it any other way. It was heartbreaking because we were on a, we were on a journey and we went too far. You know, the, the, just that season, I think it was. We were in the top four for the majority of the season. Could have easily broke into it if you know given funds in January. And I think it just all started to break down with him and Phil and. Fortunately, and maybe Ed, I'm not too sure because I didn't really get involved with it. But I just remember him, me and him went out for a drive and uh, he just explained to me that he was going to be leaving. And I was sort of trying to persuade him, you know, can't you see it out till the end of the season? You know, wouldn't it be better for that and to move on and, and stuff like that? Then to, you know, sort of have them coming, you know, them coming games where he had the Bolton fans behind him, the players all knew what was happening. And then it gives the new manager a bit of time in the summer to sort of, Take it from there, and but you know I think he was he was gone by then. I think it, too much uh, stuff had been said and everything else, which was unfortunate. But like I said, I've never spoken to him about it. I don't really want to know about it because yeah. it's I think it was such a you know yeah it's history. It's it's gone now, and, and I think it's just so sad that it, it comes to an end and the end like that. But I think the most important thing is that we remember them years for being how good we were and the way it was. It's just unfortunate that you know he, he, I don't think he was given the send off he needed, um, or he should have had 
and I think he probably probably I, he, he'll probably well he's a stubborn man so he probably won't admit it that he he, he should have maybe stayed for the end of the season and, and took all that and he'll say I don't need that but I think you know deep down um, maybe he thinks about it you know really that I think it would have been a nice gesture from us all that to see him leave at the end of the season and give him the you know the thank you and the and the goodbye what he probably deserved and then for us to move on and sort of look at what was going to be going moving on in, you know in the future and which would have been which would have been perfect for us all but it didn't sound but we still managed to you know to cling on to that UEFA spot and um yeah uh, it was a tough tough time after that and I think it, you know it was um it was made even tougher by the fact that you know Sammy then moved up mm-hmm. uh, and again as I said um simply you know wanted to go in a different direction to what Sam had been taking it in and it was going to take time and yeah, unfortunately he wasn't given that but that's that's just football and how it goes when you're not getting results yeah. you, you spoke about Jufi there Kev obviously a big character people know that whether they've met him or not who else were the big characters at, at that time in the Bolton dressing yeah. room all big characters you know I you myself big character Speedo big character Jufy, it was just flash with anything. Jufy, he'd come in with a own car or whatever. He had Nicky Hunt then. He was coming in Ferraris, you know. <laughs> he was a big character, you know. But, you know, got the least there, but the most spikes in it. Like, I don't know how that ever happens, you know, Gunty. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, who else did we have? JJ at the time, Ivan Campo, what a character he was. You know, Fernando Hierro, when he come, you know, the presence he brought. And so it was all. But Kevin, you, um, were, you were the captain amongst these players. I mean, how much that <laughs> young lad, captain, World Cup winners, international <laughs> legends. You know. Yeah, I mean, listen, and, but that that was it. You know, they respected me for who I was, and yeah. I think because they knew what they were getting from me, and I was honest. I was, you know, and and anything what got said on the training pitch was left on the training pitch, and if it needed to be talked about, I would have man sitting man to man with them, but. I used all them and all their experience to be the best captain I could be. So I'd never be, and 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 I think again I probably got it off Sam. I'd never be the I'm the captain. Listen to what I say. It'd be like Speedo. What do you think about this or what do you think about that? And JJ, you know, and and, and would swap me mid season if you like. I'd took the captaincy off JJ halfway through the season, but I'd still go to JJ for advice as a captain and what what we should do or you know and have that committee because you can't do it all um, and. Captain's a big job of a football club. You know, you can never get away from it. And I speak to a lot of captains now who say they don't realise until you're actually the captain, what it actually entails because of, you know, the demands on it and what, you know, and when it's not going well, the captain takes it. The captain takes a lot of the stick, a lot of the slack off it. You know, he's the one who he sort of the goal for first. And, and, you know, I think that happened to me, you know, in, at the club and, you know, at numerous times. You've got to have big shoulders to be able to take it because... And the good times, they're the ones where the you know the patting you on the back, and I think I was always able to do that. Um, so yeah, although I had all these big characters, big players, big you know teammates, I, I, I treated them like teammates and mates, and I wanted the best. And I, if I thought that they could help me in any way, I'd always use them, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go off and just think I know that I know it because I'm the captain and I wear the armband. Far from it, you know. I had people there who've been in the game a lot longer than me, done a lot more than me, so. Why not use that wealth of experience? And I must say, the six months what I had with Fernando Hierro was just invaluable with some of the things and that took all the way through my career. Uh, Speedo, obviously, I've been in for years next to me, you know, and, and I'm being a very good friend and I was still, you know, very much in touch with him, you know, 
every couple of weeks, you know, which is very rare. Uh, considering in this game, I've only got a few friends really who I speak to, football friends, if you like. You know, when we see everyone, all these memories come flooding back, and we have these great nights or great days. But it's very rare that you speak to all the players you play with. You know, you have the numbers, but you might just drop them a text every now and then. But Speedo was one of them. I knew, you know, from anything, if I wanted to just give him a quick call, I could do that. And it's such a sad, sad case. What's happened and yeah. what happened to him? You know, it was such a tragedy. But again, you know, pressures and stuff like that. That's why what happens. But yeah, for me, uh, I was probably. A, a good captain because I was able to, you know, lend an ear of, of any of them players at any time. In your first sort of that first sort of couple of seasons in the Premier League, you got a call up into the under twenty ones, the England under twenty ones team. How did you find that, and which players were in the group that you were with? Yeah, I mean, we, we had Gareth Barry, Joe Cole. When I first went out there, Shola, and we all with Peter Crouch. Uh, but I always found it dead bizarre because David Platt, you know, um, for some reason, um, we didn't get on. Uh, not that I've known him or anything else, but, you know, I, I just didn't like his methods, didn't like the way he worked. Uh, we, you know, we played played David Prutton, who was uh, only playing, played a few games in the Championship, I think, at that time. And he played majority of the games for, 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 for David Platt. I don't know, I know Prutz, I like Prutz. He's a, he's a good lad. Uh, but you know, I was playing in the Premier League, scoring goals, and still couldn't get in with the twenty-one squad. So it, it quickly turned me quite bitter towards David Platt, um, and uh, towards what he was trying to do and wanting to do. Because I thought he had a, such a quality group of players at that level, uh, we could have affected tournaments in a big style, Olympic time, um, but weren't able to do so because. Um, in my eye, he was probably picking more favourite. He was more favouritism towards players he knew than players he he didn't. And I can't really remember David Platt being watching me in all the Premier League games I played. Can't remember someone coming up and in coming up to me at any point during them um, sessions or during my time with the Twenty Ones. Um, Do you think you had more Twenty One cats? Had it been a different coach? Was it? Hard to say, I guess. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I definitely do. I think. I think. You know, I was definitely in the wrong time coming up in the twenty ones. But listen, we had fantastic midfielders. I'm not saying that I would, but I think I should have had more than one cap in the twenty ones. I think, you know, with what I was doing at that time in the Premier League, I think it deserved more than more than me picking up only one cap. Yeah. I was in a lot more squads, but. You know, he was putting at one point he put a left back on uh, before me in centre midfield, which I thought was so disrespectful. I just that's when I lost him really, yeah. and he lost it with me. Um, but listen, everyone has the, their own opinion, don't they? Uh, and certainly, um, I've got an opinion of him. I don't know what his opinion of me. He probably doesn't even remember me. But uh, it's just that's just the way it is. And I, and I suffered because of that because I didn't I didn't want to go back to England. So when the calls came, and I think it was probably more of a. Um, yeah, we'll just take him because he's, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I want to, don't want it to be where people are asking why I'm not when he's playing every every week in the Premier League and scoring goals. Why isn't he in your under twenty one squads? Um, I think it was more of a courtesy call up, if you like, to just to keep the, them off his back um, than than it was the actual. Because I, I can never remember having a, a, a conversation with him in the the few times I, I went up to there or even on the phone. 
Um, and I know it's obviously common knowledge when you're going up to England, you normally get a phone call of the manager or a coach or whatever. Or, or when the, when you first turn up, you have a have a chat. Um, but no, uh, nothing for me. Which uh, I was very surprised by when um, when I first went. But now when I look back, no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Right, so you called though. You you were you could have called, you could have played for the Republic of Ireland, and there were a couple of other. I, think, I seem to remember like there was a. I don't know whether it was true or not, but you, you had some like Dutch ancestry or something. Yeah, I've got them here. Yeah. My great grandpa was was Dutch, yeah. So, um, but it the door changed because the Cascarino thing, so I couldn't play because it was all my grandmas. So it was all my great great grandmas, all my great grandpas who were Dutch and Irish. So it all changed because I had lots and lots of. Uh, um, Brian Kerr was the manager of Ireland at the time, I think, and he was caught, he called me a good few times about me going to Ireland and playing for them. And then when Steve Stoughton was manager of Ireland, he was ringing me on numerous occasions asking me, and I just said, Steve, if you know, I don't think I can, I don't think I qualify. And he was like, okay, let's look into it and stuff like that. And they tried the best, you know, I must admit, and I was I was really happy to go because I think I was doing really well every time in. Uh, in the Premier League, and you know, it would have been another, you know, bowing, bowing, you know, uh, on the string, string on the ball, should say. Yeah, you'd probably won 50, 60 caps easily, wouldn't you? In that year, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you know what, what comes with that, you start doing well there, and then obviously the next level. So, yeah, I mean, look, I don't look back ever um, regretting anything, to be quite honest, I must admit. Um, I don't. I don't really look back on my career because I feel quite privileged for the career I've had and for the clubs I play for. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think it, um, when I think if you if if I if I was able to play for Ireland, it would have been a nice opportunity anyway. So. Do you think with the career you had, the goals you scored, obviously the majority of it in the Premier League? I know obviously your era was. In terms of English midfielders, you know you liked to Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard you know, top, top quality, but do you feel like you were maybe unfortunate to not ever get a, a couple of caps under your belt or, or is that something that you don't really think? Yeah, without a shadow, when you look at the people who've got caps, I, I must admit, I, I, I sometimes, you know, shrug my shoulders and think, really, you know, and, and you know, I don't want to name them because not not mine, but for what I've done in the game, there's, there's, there's no way I should not have been able to be in some squads or be able to go there and sort of prove that you know, I belong there because I think I proved that I was a Premier League player for a long, long time. And although we had so many great players, is it something I regret? No, I don't I don't I don't worry about it. But, you know, when people talk about it, I think, well, I'm not really bothered about it, to be quite honest. You know, I really enjoy my time and we you know, we used to get some time off, so I used to be able to spend it with my family, go to Dubai, take kids away, do things with you know, go away with my wife do. So it was never ever a problem in that respect. But when I look back and you you know, you think of all the players who have had caps and had them opportunities, I feel very unfortunate that I didn't get an opportunity to, to show what I did on that at that stage, definitely. And I think, you know, with what I'd done in the game, I was definitely deserved uh, deserved of a of a chance to go and show what I had. Um but that's life, and you just got to move on with it. And as I said, when it when the you know when it didn't come, it didn't bother me. Or you know when the call didn't come, it, didn't, it never ever bothered me. It wasn't something um, I was really worried about. Yeah, I was more worried about making sure that I was in the in the team for the for the next weekend in the club. Now, obviously, Bolton went on to qualify for Europe and, and reach those sort of dizzy heights. But there was a game where the club potentially could have dropped out of the Premier League, and that was the Middlesbrough game at the end of the. Or two or three season. What memories have you got of that day? Because obviously that 
for a club to come so close to dropping out of the top flight after such hard work and then sort of going on to get into Europe. I mean, a lot could have sort of hinged on that game, really. Yeah, so I, just that was the second season, wasn't it? Yeah. We were in. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was on the bench. I started on the bench for that game, I think. Mike Whitlow played in, in the back. We went soon a lot. And we we were, we were quite cruising really, and we we weren't in no real bother, you know. We we looked okay because that was the year we stayed up on the most. But when uh, West Ham went down, the most points didn't he yeah. lost that went at Birmingham. So we were quite comfortable, and I remember going on, and we were all right. And uh, but I remember, sorry, Michael Rickett scored, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, his only goal for Middlesbrough. Yeah. Uh, can you believe it? You just knew it was uh, going to happen, though, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and you know that sort of put the the, the jitters up us, but. Uh, I went on and I, I, you know, I felt comfortable. I didn't think that for any one minute that Middlesbrough were going to score, and you know, I thought that uh, we we played it out quite well for, for a team again. You know, in a in a pressure pressure hard situation, uh, a squad. You know, and we played it out well. And although it doesn't feel like it at the time, I think when you look back, we weren't really too much in bother. I think the fans, you know, always add to that. We had the drama, anxiety, and the drama, but. I think we were quite relaxed on the pitch. The following season, we managed to finish eighth in the league. And it was a season of, when you look at it from start to finish, there was kind of elements of joy and, and elements of disappointment in the sense that, you know, we got to the League Cup final, all the way to the League Cup final, but lost the game. Finished eighth in the Premier League, beat Blackburn 4-3 in a local derby. What memories do you have of that season? Because there's, there's a lot of big moments in that season, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, look, you've just named two of them there. And, you know, that 4-3, I remember scoring late on. Scored in the first couple of minutes and then scored really late on to win 4-3 in that, that derby, which was, again, that had become a real fierce rivalry between the two clubs at that time and because we were two good teams going at it. Um, and then, obviously, the League Cup was the biggest disappointment because um, we, we should have won that. We should have, we, should have been, we should have won that with the team we had and everything else. Yeah, but to go 2-0 down, and that was the time where it might have got the better of us, the, the occasion. Um, one of the times, and I remember, um, I won't name him, but I remember one of our centre-halves just sort of being, uh, as if, you know, he was staying, he was really enjoying the occasion, like he was sort of there for a party, and I was, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all, and I, I told him just before the, the game, like he got it, like sort of, I was only a young lad, obviously. And, uh, Lo and behold, we were 2 0 down after what was it, 11 minutes or something like that? Something it, like that. Yeah, Zenden penalty. Right? Zenden scored a penalty, yeah, where he double like kicked it. Mean? Double kicked it, yeah. Michael Riley, I told him, but he hasn't got a clue, has he? Michael Riley, he's now PGMOL. <laughs> and he's, you know, that's what, what chance have we got. That's why we're probably at the worst referee at the, at the minute because I keep saying it, you know, I thought he was one of the worst, even at that time. You know, he was a yes man, he was this and that, and it's still the same now. And, and, you know, to have someone who's important and important in that game and him to miss such an important uh, spot kick when it's gone one way, this is other foot goes the other way. I mean, you know, who doesn't see that and know that? Yeah. But obviously Mike Riley doesn't, uh, which is embarrassing. But, um, yeah, upsetting. But again, when you look back on it, an eighth place finish, again, uh, champions uh, get into a, 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 a final and you think yeah you know three years in we'll get into finals now we're getting you know we're getting in the top 10 quite you know com well, comfortably this is going to be it now we're going to start you know doing that again 
Um, but it just shows how hard it is. And when you get there, you've got to take your chance and opportunity, which obviously we weren't able to do so. So that did, I think that lingered on for the rest of the season, really. We had a sort of, you know, stop-start season after that sort of cup final defeat, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, one thing that you sort of can say about the team of your era is it's pretty crazy how often we used to get results against the top sides. It seemed pretty regular. What would you put that down to? Just belief. You know, we, were, we weren't scared of anybody coming to our place at all. We were at the Reebok. That was our fortress. We built it in that way. We, we wanted people to fear that they were coming to a, a place. People used to sometimes, and I'd say now, they used to probably lose before they even got in the building because they were thinking, oh, I can't be bothered today because I've got Kevin Davis who's going to bat me. We've got Kevin Owens who's going to run around and hit me and then we're going to do this and they're going to throw long balls in the box. They never give us any credit for the fact that we used to play them off the park for the full 90 minutes. People you know, it was, it was, it was, Yeah, you know, they forget that we had a JJ Cotter, Ivan Campo playing with us and, you know, and a, and maybe a Stelios on one side, due from the other, yeah. And uh, Kevin, Day. It, it was it was crazy, you know, the the sort of perception what was um, what was what, what was out there. But I think we showed that we were the top side, and and, and we, we 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 firmly believed in them years when we went from that eighth finish and when we got to the final, we believed that we belonged with with all them. We believed that we were a, we were a squad going in the right direction, and we were gonna and we were gonna continue to get better. Did you ever get? Did you feel like you got the respect that you deserve from like other teams and other players? Or we get it now. We yeah. get it now. We definitely get it now more than we ever did when we were playing. And I think when we were playing, I think they all seen us as oh, it's bottom very bad. But now when they think, actually, we just a real good side. And all the people who you speak about in football and everything else, and that you know, we obviously working with David now and Alan Irvine, who were who were both at Everton at the time. They they say, you know, how much respect they had for us then, you know, and how tough it was because they were similar to us. They were building, you know, David Moyes was doing the same at Everton, what Sam was doing at Bolton, if you like it. He had moved to Everton when Sam had gone to Bolton, and, you know, after that year. So, um, you know, Moyes moved on to Everton, didn't he? And, and then he started his rebuild of a club. So they know uh, what we've done, and they've they done similar with Everton, you know, which was great uh, for them. But uh, yeah, I think at that time, I think people had to respect us in the end because we we, we were top five finishes, top six finishes, top seven, top eight. You know, we were we were a good team. Not not many teams could beat us, uh, remember, and if they did, they'd have to work for it really hard. Yeah, I remember like for instance, like the Spurs, we did the double over them for three consecutive seasons. I mean, it was just just unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember we, I, we used to you know score a couple of goals going there and at home and stuff like that. And, we, you know, we we were we, we, at Spurs, as you said, the Tottenham Hotspur, who had good players, had good teams at the time, and you, you know, we're ex always expected to be there in the European places. We we you know we were we weren't worried about going to White Hart Lane. We had players who you know wanted to play there and wanted to be on that level, and and we shown them. And I think that that was a, a big thing, yeah. Yeah. Another team as well, Arsenal. I know Arsene Wenger liked to have a bit of a moan about Bolton and obviously Arsenal were a top, you know, they were challenging for the Premier League title at that time and they never, ever liked playing Bolton, did they? Yeah, and, and, and again, I don't understand why Arsenal was like that because he had a real tough team, you know what I mean? When, when Vieira and Henry and all them and Bergkamp and we were playing against all them boys, they, you know, they were... They wouldn't come to Reebok and just keel over. They'd be having a, you know, real good go and they'd all be up for it. He changed that sort of squad from being 
you know, that fight who'd be able to fight with you. And that's when I think they lost out Arsenal because they lost that sort of sense of the when they'd go to a, a Baltimore, they'd go to a Burnley on a Tuesday night or whatever, you'd have a real worry that he couldn't handle it. You know, and I think you know, I was only watching the other day when they were four 0 up against us when I was, when I moved to to Newcastle and at St James's at half time, four 0 up. And we got back to four four. You know, yeah, that would never have happened. I wouldn't yeah, that would never have happened years before. Never, because once Thierry Henry, Bearcamp and everybody else and Adams and all them you're playing against and all them lads who were just like, you know, and you could mix it. Uh, once they would have been falling up, they would have been five, six, seven. They would have been ruthless. And but it was the change of, and I think that's what Arsene Wenger could never get over. You know, he, 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 he was saying it's not the way to play football, but I think he forgets how he won titles. Uh, sometimes when he talks when he talked about us, I think he forgot how he won titles because there was sometimes when I used to watch them and they were known for being the one nil, you know, before he got there, one nil to the Arsenal. Yeah. So you've got to be able to play it, you know, in different ways if you're going to be successful, and that's one thing we were able to do. But you know, when you're when Arsenal are spending millions and millions of pounds and we're getting free transfers and people here and there, you know, you've got to do everything you can to try and win. And that's that's what we did, you know. We have to, you know, we have to have a game plan to try and beat Arsenal. We can't just go out and just sort of do what they do because they're spending millions and millions of pounds on their players in every position. We can't do that. So you've got to find a way, and that's what we did, and that's what Bolton did. We found a way to make sure that we always, you know, were in the game and then give people a go and had a People, I should say. Now the two thousand four five season it was probably the best, well, I'd say undoubtedly the best season in Bolton's recent history, qualified for the UEFA Cup, finished sixth in the Premier League. How good was that to be a part of? Having heard, you know, Sam Allardyce's plans years before, how good was that season to be a part of? Yeah, I mean, tremendous. You know, it was special, you know, and I think not only that, you know, we were well-deserved it. We, you know, we, we were great all season long. We, Solid, you know, we beat some good teams along the way. We were, and you know, it was just the next step and the next level. And it was just like it's come early, but we're ready to go. And we always fought as a, you know, as a club. We were we were there or thereabouts. Um, and it was yeah, it was some good some good times that during that season, especially at the end of the season when we were celebrating, you know, a, a top six, top what was it, top top six, five, fifth, did we finish? Yeah, I think. Fifth, yeah. Six or four or five, yeah. I think. Yeah, sixteen, four or five. Yeah. So I mean top six and you know, to little old bottom top six, it's it's incredible to think. And that's what, you know, we were known as little old bottom, but you know, punching it with the big boys. Now your first goal that season was in a two two draw against none other than Man United. You had quite the knack of scoring against them. Uh, you must have en- you must always enjoy scoring against Man United as as a Liverpool lad. There's sort of that old rivalry there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, again, uh, that was our own winner against Leeds uh, yeah. and scored later, on, and then yeah. they went and scored, and that's when I realised what winners are really about. Um, we were obviously went one 0 that scored, and yeah, I remember the day before we were doing set pieces on the on the on the pitch actually, and uh, Julio Cesari, who was playing for us at the time, I went off for an header with him because the ball got crossed in, and the gaffer always used to say to them, not to not to bother, just to sort of be a defender, but not to bother trying to get the ball, and yeah. I remember Julio obviously not speaking great. Well, what shall we call, what shall we call the gaffer? Bob 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 Boltonian, or shall we call him? <laughs> Where is he from? He's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, 
So he'd obviously say, don't we? And the next minute I'll come in, head of the ball off a corner to score. And but at the time, Julius Cesar's coming up and he's caught me just above my eye, and my eye literally split from here all the way around to here. It was horrific, blood just pouring out. And you can imagine, like, I've heard you in his big, like, <laughs> accent, you stupid, you know, beep, 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 I told you not to. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm like, on the blood, like, dazed on the floor, thinking, like, now I would never have got away with playing. The next day, because it was like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. right? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, one of them yeah. Yeah, with all the con- concussion pro- protocols. But yeah, I remember going in and it was one of them, right? We've got a video. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to get it. No, no, come and get your video. Come and watch the video first. So I've sat in the video and they've like cleaned me all up, obviously, thinking it. And as I've looked in the minute, my eyes just still open here. Yeah. <laughs> and all they've done is just put a little thing on it, yeah. Just to keep it together and just said, yeah, I'll just keep your eye on it like that. So I was just sitting in the video watching watching the Man United video, the last bit of it, with this big big thing on me. Yeah, like you know. But again, because he told me to go and watch the video, I did. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then the next day we were all be all come in and I remember I think it was JJ who shot and as he has I've sort of turned it and it and uh, Tim Flowers has made a good save actually, it's just popped up and I've just gone like that and edit. I remember thinking as I'm running away, that's it, that's it, my eye. Because I had a big bruise. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've got a big bruise on my eye. And I just, I just nodded it in. And it was only a little, you know, a little nut, but I just thought, that's it, that's what I was running away. But it was great, obviously a great feeling. I was never going to take it away. But yeah, uh, that's what sticks out in that. Yeah, game. a young Cristiano Ronaldo then, uh, in that game. Sorry, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo was there. And I remember we went 2-1 up in the 96th, 97th minute or something. And I remember looking at all them and we'd celebrate today, everyone's celebrating the life we've won the game, it's, it's over. And I remember, I, said, I don't know if it was Roy Keane, he ran back with the ball and put the ball back on the thing to say, we've got time here. Like, we have got time to get a goal back. And I'm thinking, I know when I look back, I, I'm thinking, what a madman. But when, now I look back, I just think that's why they were the best. Because no matter what, in the 96 minute, they just lost the goal at ball and everyone's going mad. We're now, we're trying to get everything sorted. But because of the higher, higher everybody, Switched off as it's all switched off, it then happens that we, we go from there. What happens? They go down the other end and score a goal, and you think, Jesus Christ, is that is are we for real? Are we just done that? And I remember the gaffer going absolutely ballistic at the end of it, at the end of the end of the game, because we're just thrown away two points, which again was massive for us at the time. And we again, where the gaffer thought we belonged, we should be winning them games once we're in them positions. It doesn't matter if it's Man United, who are champions, champions elect, got all these players. Doesn't matter. That's what we've done with Ian to get two one. How can you throw it away and get to two, two two at that time? So, yeah, um, yeah, poor, poor from us, but uh, just showed why they were the best. And that's what's different. I thought always the thought against Man United and what it was in the end against Arsenal. They, that was the difference. I think if we would have scored that goal against Arsenal, we would have been two one and we would have finished and would have done it. Whereas Man United, I just thought that they had that other edge. Yeah, obviously. Mention there uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. You talk about Man United and how good they were at that time. Who who would you say is the best player that you played against? Um, Paul Scholes probably even Steven Gerrard. I don't think I heard him. I think for different reasons. Paul Scholes because of the way he adapted his game, um, and then Steven Gerrard just because he's Steven Gerrard. He you know he literally pulled Liverpool for a number of years. Into heights where he shouldn't have been really, but for him, and he had some good players at the time. But 
And if it weren't for him, he would he wouldn't have never have had the successful seasons after seasons what he did. And mm. um, post goals, he was just one of the best. Couldn't get near him, you know. Um, could do everything. Uh, and look, I'm leaving out the likes of Vieira here. By the way, Roy Keane, um, <laughs> yeah, Lampard, you know what I mean? It's Thierry Henry. Uh, I, you know, and you could go on. Time for midfielders, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And English, English midfielders: David Beckham, Ronaldo, Rooney. You know, all these players who, who have all gone on to do, you know, be the best Premier League players or be the best goal scorers at Man United at England. All them type of players you're leaving out because of these players. Just, just top top players, and and again, I was mixing with it, the, you know, week in week out, you know, on a yearly basis, which is great, year on year out. Was there a point during that two thousand and four five season where, as a group, you sort of half realised that you had a chance of, of qualification for Europe, or did you never really think about it? No, we 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 obviously we we were known as like obviously to say little old bottles so we played on that fact and it was like oh yeah we're not really going for it but in within house the gaffer was you know desperate for it we were desperate for it you know that we were making everyone believe it but if you walked out of our training ground and we were talking to any of the media or any of you guys would be like look we're just little old bottles we're just you know we're doing too well we're working i'm just trying to play everything down but we had it we had a, a, a an energy within which was look we believe and we had a belief within that we um, that 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 we should be there, you know, um, which was which was great, and I think that mentality shifted. You know, as soon as we got there, the mentality shifted, and it was like, yeah, we belong here. And I think if you look at a lot of the lads, they go, yeah, we deserve to be here. And you know, it would they don't play it down no more. It's like we're, we're top players. We show we're top players, and we've got to keep got to keep moving on with this. Yeah, the, the last game of that season was, of course, the Everton game at the Reebok, which was the last game of Fernando Hierro's career. Fernando Hierro, yeah. You spoke about Fernando Hierro and the amount you learnt off him. Out of all the players you played with at Bolton, who would you say you had the best relationship with? Uh, probably Gary Speed. Um, yeah, Gary Speed, um, Nicky Hunt. Uh, I still speak with Juicy as well. But Gary Speed probably won't stick out in my mind who... We we had a really close bond and close close connection, and um, yeah, obviously devastated with what's gone on since. Yeah. But, um, I must admit, I I love my time at um, Bolton, and I made some great great or I met some great great people, and people are still speak to to this day. You know, obviously ones on the on 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 the call with Paul. You know, we still speak now because we remember them days like they were yesterday. Um, but we grew up together, and we, you know, we grew up with that, which was which was fantastic for us. So yeah, um, but yeah, I'd say probably Speedo and then uh, Hunty and Joey O'Brien, who we were still speak to. Um, but they were lads who were sort of they would Speedo probably took me under his wing if you like, and they were the lads who I probably took under my wing. Yeah, um, which is nice because we've still got a close bond and a close connection with them too. Yeah. Of course, Europe came after that, the UEFA Cup. Totally new experience for the football club. How did you find it? How did you find being involved in those European nights? Loved it. Loved it. Different experience, obviously, because you're playing Thursday nights, all that type of stuff, and we were trying to find a way. You know, I think that first season, it was tough because we were trying to find the balance between that and the Premier League because the Premier League was obviously the priority with all the money, what was getting thrown in and what we were doing, but we were trying to juggle with, with Europa. Um, but yeah, I loved every minute of it, and obviously the the goal against Plovdiv when I come on, um, it was you know it's a it's a fantastic 
Um, I've got the, I think I've got the thing where I'm running away with me two arms like that in, in the blue kit. I still remember like it was yesterday. I remember my dad being absolutely bladded uh, <laughs> and seeing him because uh, he'd just gone, he'd been, I put him on like the Thursday to the, the Thursday, uh, Wednesday to the Friday trip, was it? The, yeah. That that trip was it? Paul, what he what yeah, he was yeah, on and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, with yeah, all like the directors that. and yeah, he always with all the directors with Phil Gartside and everybody yeah, else. But he had the yeah, normal tickets. Yeah, yeah, he'd have all the corporate ticket, but then he'd probably go and see all the lads who were all the Boltonians at the time, all their fans, and he ended up with them all day. It was just yeah, it was carnage. And when I seen him, I was like, oh my god, that's my dad. He's absolutely, <laughs> but he was just he was enjoying the ride and really enjoying it. So you know, I couldn't couldn't knock him or mock him for it because. He was enjoying seeing his son uh, do do fantastic things for, for you know which he'd never ever envisaged. So uh, yeah, I can remember because I was sub at the time, so at half time we'd gone out to warm up. Next minute I'm here and everyone's shouting, Kevin, Kevin. Thinking, no one calls me Kevin. Like it's normally normally Nolan. And they're like Kevin, yeah, that. I mean, dad's like standing there and he's trying to act sober. And I've gone, I dad gone walked over and I went, oh my god, and you could literally smell alcohol on him. It was like he was laughing his head off. Obviously, just delighted to be there on a European tour. That's all you were singing and we're all going on the Europe. It's just, it was just, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then obviously I scored. So I knew exactly where he was. So that's where you see me when they've actually got that. When I'm running away, I'm, I'm running towards him and all, this, all the fans who were there with him. So it was good. And the, the away support as well, because the bottom fans, to be fair, have travelled in numbers. So you know, far afield for these Europeans. Well, we were 28, I mean, again, you know, you think about it, we were 27, 28,000 a week at the bottom, you know, at the stadium, you know, no, no matter what. Um, and they were there in, the, in thousands, week in, week out. And it, it's, you know, when you think about it, it's just crazy. You know, when you look back at it and you think, you know, at the time, you know, you don't get really get it because you, you're in amongst it. But when you look back at it and you think, wow, and you see what, what how it is now, then you think, wow, that was truly unbelievable, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do a great them nights, the Europeans, and, and and seeing the fans and them having the four or five days away, and you, can, you know, they always still speak to me now. Whenever I see them, I was there that night. I was there, and because uh, it was Bulgaria, we played um, uh, Prodev winner. Yeah, I was there that night. Oh, yeah, we we had a week. You know, we, we were there for two weeks. You know, they were going away and enjoying their holidays, but just having, you know, then getting the game in between. Um, and it was, it, yeah, Madrid, you know what I mean? Sporting Lisbon. It was, no, no, it wasn't Lisbon. Oh, it was Lisbon we played, wasn't it? Played Lisbon. That, that was the second time, yeah. That was the second time, yeah. Because um, we didn't go to that one. Um, yeah. Uh, it was the other Portugal team, the one Vaz State scored. Victoria, Victoria, Victoria that's it, yeah. I remember that one as well, so... Yeah, fantastic. Look, great, great memories. Zenit St. Petersburg at the Reebok. Yeah, I was going to say that. that one as well. That was um, torrential rain, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Torrential rain, yeah. league game, it had been postponed. But, yeah. yeah, exactly, but they had to play it. And then because we had, what we used to do is we used to bring the, the pitch in for the, the Premier League, but, but European laws, so we had to colour them blue. And by the end of it, we didn't know which we won. So it was like, you know, we had a pitch within a pitch. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, we I scored in that game where to win one 0 which is another another good one. Yeah, and then qualification for Europe again uh, shortly after that. But by that time, we had Nicholas and Elka uh, leading the line. How good was he, Kev? 
yeah, special, mate. Very special. Top player. Deserved to go to Chelsea, win titles. You could see why Arsenal, why he'd been playing Real Madrid. Just a nice lad too. Everyone called him the assault, but couldn't be far far away from the truth. Just had that sort of face, didn't he? Where he'd always looked like he was, you know, like he weren't happy with anything. But yeah, great lad. And I think he loved his time at Bolton because he was part of a family and part of something. And I think when even when he talks, you hear him talk now in interviews or whatever, and they go back, he says, you know, he really enjoyed that time and what a coup by you know um, Sam bringing him. I think he got him for eight and a half million, didn't he, or something like that. Brought him back in Turkey, was it? Yeah, um, which we couldn't believe he was going to get him, but and I don't think he could. But yeah, what a what a what a signing! And yeah, special goals, special talent, and you could just see at that you know that next level, that next level in him, which uh, was very special. Then the next UEFA Cup campaign, or seven away, I think we reached the last sixteen, didn't we? But then we got knocked out by Sporting Lisbon. Was it a weaker team we fielded for those games? Is that right? Yeah, well, we we'd obviously had the tough tough time going into. Sam had left at the end of the season, hadn't he? Mm. And we had the last, was it the last eight games, was it? Four, was it, I think, something like that. Yes. I think we were without him. Yeah. And we sort of we sort of stumbled over the line, if you like. It sort of derailed everything that was going on at the time. And then we got there anyway. Then we, we took on that. But then we had a real slow start, I think, after about 11 games or eight games. We had 11 points, or it might have been 11 games, eight points. I think we were really, we were really you know, in trouble. Yeah. And um, obviously we lost Sammy then. Uh, and we had to, we got Gary Megson in, which obviously wasn't a fan's favourite, and and it was like you know what, where do we go? And I sort of acted like Gary's assistant, if you like, because he didn't bring no one in with him at the time, and it was like sort of his bounce board on how we should go about the season, what we should do, and everything else. And um, I think he, he, you know, the the his his first priority was we've got to stay in the Premier League. We need to stay in the Premier League for the monies, all that type of stuff, and. And that's why it ended up being the way it was. We, you know, I think we we had a real good crack at it in Europe that year as well. If we, if we were able to go, and I think if we would have been in the position we was pre, the year previous, I think you know we would have been able to to have a real good 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 run at that year. But because of circumstances, we wasn't because we went out to Sport in Lisbon and he left about five of us back to because we had Wigan on the Saturday, who obviously was one of our main rivals. But lo and behold, what did we do? We go to Ligan and we absolutely stick the place out and lose. So we got a double whammy then. So then it was a double on Gary. But in hindsight, it was probably the best thing to do. But then when you look at it, when you've lost on the Saturday, you're thinking, well, why didn't we just go on the Thursday? Or the Sunday, sorry. Why didn't we just go on the Thursday? So, yeah, um, yeah they got a double whammy there. So I don't think, you know, there was a big, big no-no next to his name because of that. But yeah, they are decisions you've got to make as manager. And um, I, you know, if I was looking back at it now, I don't think he. And if he was looking back at it, I don't think he probably changed his mind. I think he thought he'd done the right thing by keeping, you know, the majority of the core squad back to make sure that we were ready for Sunday. With you know the addition of bringing a few lads here and there, but then if you go to Sport and you win, you're related. You get you, you know you get that sort of momentum. You go to Wigan, then you're on a different grave. So there's, there's different ways to look at it now. And I think if it was me now. If it was me then, I think he was doing the right time, the right thing. But if it was me now, I'd be thinking, no, let's get to sport and let's get into the next, let's get into the next round. Let's use his momentum and let's get it going. Um, but you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You know? Yeah, Maybe absolutely. I mean, there, there were some amazing nights that UEFA Cup campaign. I mean, I've got got them wrote down here. Obviously, there's a Bayern game. There's going to Red Star Belgrade. I don't think there's been an English team since beat Belgrade in their own backyard. There's a Obviously, beating Atletico Madrid, who had the likes of Aguero, players like that. You know, there's some big nights in that tournament. Diego Forlan, 
Aguero, yeah, Maxi. Uh, uh, they had some, they had some good players, mate. And then yeah, Balgrade, obviously we done them. Um, uh, Bayern, yeah, coming from two 0 down. Uh, yeah, I remember flicking a few balls over Lucio's head, was it? Uh, taking it in, and then Kevin Davis put it in the back of the net, and he gets all the credit for it. <laughs> I like to think of the assist. Have a look at the assist. I say, have a look at the assist. That's what made it come from the right hand side. He flicked it over a few people's head and laid them in, and then he ran away and didn't even celebrate with me, which is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost. Um... It was like things were going so well in Europe that year, but then domestically we only just managed to stay up. Was it a difficult season overall? Would you say? Or how? Would you no, it, it, of, oh yeah, it was of course, but it was because of the start you made. The start we made, we always we were always playing catch up, playing catch up, playing catch up, and I think Europa League was seen as a sort of release from the Premier League, and because we had that sort of, we've been in it a couple of times now. We we were now thinking right, we belong here. We we knew how to you know to play a European night. We knew how to do it. Um, but we were just finding it tough getting, you know, the, the the results in the Premier League because we were needing to win because to catch up, um, and, and to, because we were playing catch up because we were we were you know we were bottom of the league for, you know, after t- was it 10, 11 games was it Paul I think it was mate I think yeah, it was yeah. I think it was eleven games with eight points so you know you are talking you've got eight points out of thirty three it's not it's not good enough and I don't think there'll be many teams who could get themselves back up. And step up after that. So you know what what Gary done in terms of getting us and keeping us up was was a fantastic achievement in in the end. Um, but obviously um, we had to make sacrifices along the way. Now be, before we touch on your departure from the club in two thousand and nine, I'm just going to ask you a couple of quick fire questions. So hopefully no it won't be too much. Uh, I mean, you played three hundred and forty five games, so you might need to rack your brains a little bit. But what's your favourite game that you played in at Bolton? At Bolton? Yeah. Um, it was probably the first game in the Premier League. Obviously Leicester. scoring two, being a Premier League, Leicester. Yeah, I think if I'm looking back, you know, it was such a fantastic moment. Um, and then obviously scoring the first goal in, in, Europe, in Europe, you know, the winning goal to make sure that we were going through. Um, so they're probably two which stick out in my mind right away. You can never forget your debuts and things like that. You know, no, away to exactly. Gillingham, your full, your full debut away to Gillingham. Two nil up when I went off after sixty odd minutes, and we do two all. I was absolutely spewing. I was saying, but I was like, it was one of them again. You're young. Oh, it was because I come off. <laughs> you're thinking of your head, you know. <laughs> what about your favourite goal for Bolton? Oh, there's a few. Oh, there's a long list. There's, yeah, well, I think the Blackburn one's probably the best technical one if you look at it from one side of the box to the other. Yeah. It's totally, you know, which... Um, but that was probably... We lost that game, I think, after the score. That one, we lost the 2-1, I think, which was disappointing. Um, yeah, I think there was one against Portsmouth, the overhead kick was the decent one. Tottenham at home. Yeah. Um, then you've got the Man United one, of course, yeah. away. Um, so, no, I... I you know what? I, 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 you know, there's one goal which always sticks out in my mind, which I think was such a proved what we were about, and that was when we first got promoted against Leicester, and we went down to nine men after like 10, 15 minutes, and then we went two 0 down, and I scored the goal just before half time, and that one always sticks in my mind just before Ricketts scores in the last final few minutes, so we make it two two, 
you know, and it, I think it was the day because Sam had the heart monitor on, it was going, it was spiking and everything else. And it was such a dramatic day. And I think that sticks in my mind, you know, was one of the games as well, what I played in, which was such, such a special one. So the, I don't think we're going to nail it down, but I think for the technique and everything else and the way, you know, the way it was, it's got to be the black being goal or the score is probably the best one, I think. And yeah, and just lastly, I mean, this is going. To, this might be the most difficult one of them all. Looking at the players you played with at Bolton, but who's the best player you'd say you played with? And that I imagine that is a difficult one to answer. Yeah, of course. Listen, and I'll probably upset a lot, a lot of the pros there. But I think if I'm going to say anything, I think the best person for me and team player for me whenever I was there was Gary Speed. Um, and I think you know no one could really argue with that. But I think the best individual. Um, who I thought was a top top player was got to be Nico, um, and that's only if I would have been able to play with Fernando Vieira probably for a bit longer he probably would have picked Nico. But Nico was yeah you could see why he was you know we went for sixteen million again. I think even in this you know no matter what generation he is in he will always score goals because of the way he is absolutely. So of course three hundred and forty five appearances for Bolton. You spent over a decade with the club and then the time came for you to move to Newcastle United in 2009. I mean, a great opportunity, a, a massive, massive club, Newcastle United, but was it mixed emotions upon leaving the club? Without a shadow of a doubt. I couldn't believe that they wanted to sell me. That was the biggest thing. That's why I went. That was the biggest disappointment that they had accepted the bid. So that's why I went. I wasn't ever going to just kick me ears and say I'm staying. And I didn't want nothing. Uh, I was disappointed in Gary. I was disappointed in um, Chris Evans, who was his assistant at this time, because they didn't have the. Um, they didn't ring me, uh, which I thought was. They left it to my agents just to walk in. I, we just played Blackburn the night before, uh, and my agent sort of come in and told me that he'd had a conversation with the management staff, and it said, you know, um, Kevin uh, needs to go. And he found me, obviously, in Newcastle, and the rest, as they say, is, is his team. And uh, once he told me that he'd accepted the bid, uh, I just said, let's do it. Didn't even ring my mum, <laughs> didn't ring my dad, didn't ring my missus. <laughs> didn't, you know, it was just, yeah, we're doing it. Because once, it's, once, a, once a manager of a club says that they're happy for you to go, then I don't think there's much more you can do. I think, you know, uh, as much as I love being there, love Bolton Wanderers, yeah, and I always thought I, I always thought I'd be there for for my career. You know, there was never ever one. You know, I had lots of opportunities. I think to, you know, spares a couple of in the past. Um, I think, you know, what I'm led to believe, and and people have you know inquired, but they've always told no, no, no. But as soon as someone says yeah, you're going. I don't I don't care who you are. I think if you dig your heels in and you want to stay, I think you know it might have become toxic, and I didn't want to ever do that. The only regret is is that I wasn't able to go say goodbye to the, the fans and stuff like that, um, which was uh, disappointing. But um, You were such a ball from the blue as well. There was just no speculation. There was no inkling. It was just... I remember like me as, in, you know, as a fan. And yeah, well, we played Blackburn Rovers the night before. Yeah. And we, I don't know if you remember, but we played Blackburn Rovers and we won the luck and we lost the goal late on, like last minute. And I'd gone in and absolutely gone mental. And I think that's where it all stemmed for. I think obviously emotions then. My agent was around and because he watched the game and... Um, the management team was with me, agents and stuff like that, and, and they, they spoke. Well, he was, he was he was someone who was not my agent, but he was known as my friend who was my agent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, he said, "Look, 
I've heard that this and blah blah blah. What do you what do you think? And I was like, no, not really. And they were like, well, they've off, they've accepted the offer. And I was like, all right, okay, well that changes things. Then we're going, aren't we? So, and I think that was my attitude. You know, if 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 you're not wanted, why why stay? You know what I mean? I'd only be and and I think it was more like, well, I'll show you. And I know that Gary coming for me once we were relegated at Newcastle. Um, I know Gary asked if he would if I'd come back on low um, after I'd been relegated with Newcastle. Would he come back to Bolton on low because he said that he'd made a mistake uh, by letting me go. Uh, and I'd spoken to him afterwards uh, once it had all calmed down and everything else, and he'd said I shouldn't have let you go, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was a, you know big enough. And that, that's why I respect Gary Megson. I always respect him. I like him. I like him as a man and as a person. Uh, because you know he's one of them. If he thinks he's got it right, he'll, he, you know he sticks by his guns. And then if he thinks he's got it wrong, he's willing to tell you and he'll hold his hands up. So fair play to him. And as I said, he wanted me to go back, but I think I had unfinished business at Newcastle then, mm-hmm. and I wanted to prove to Newcastle that I can go on. And I wanted to prove to everyone else too, because they thought I was just Bolton. Then they was just oh, Kevin Owen. He'll never do it at Newcastle. What he done at Bolton? And I thought, right, well, this is my time now to go and show that I can do it at another club and. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's why, what uh, that's uh, what you did really. Sends you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, yeah. He scored a hat trick against Sunderland. I mean, yeah. Bet the Newcastle fans will love you forevermore for that. Yeah, well, yeah, they still go on a lot about that, you know. And I enjoy it. It's it's great. Uh, it was a fantastic day, uh, and I had some fantastic. I, had, I scored two hat tricks up there. Uh, one on Bobby Moore's. Bobby Moore, Jesus. Selling back, selling back at West Ham. One on Bobby Robson, Bobby Robson's memorial when we played against Newcastle. It was a big day. It was all all about Bobby, and uh, I scored an attic that day, which was nice. You know what I mean? Which I'll never forget. And obviously the the, um, the Sunderland uh, derby when I scored an attic and it hadn't been done for 24 years. The last person to do was Peter Bearsley. He was at the one. He was in the stand watching it, so that was even better because the last person to do it was there watching, and he, you know, sent me a lovely text the night that night because you know how much it means to people who've, who are Newcastle fans and Geordie. So, yeah, some special times up there as well, um, which you fondly remembered. Um, yeah, and now on to the next stage of the career, really, uh, and enjoying this side of it. You know the other side, and as the as the players would call it, the dark side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a testament because you you just football mad, weren't you, growing up and as a player? And it's just the next extension, is it? Once you finish playing, it's management, coaching, and yeah, yeah. And I always, I always envisaged, I always knew that I wanted to become a manager, I wanted to be a coach, wanted to be in part involved in football throughout throughout my life. And you know, I've, I've never been a, a, a massive golfer, so it was never that I was going to go enjoy and just retire and enjoy golf every day. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of the day to day. So I think the biggest thing for me now is, you know, I'm really learning and doing really, you know, lots and, and learning every day with, with, you know, being with David and, and Alan Irvine and Paul Nevin, who have all been coaches for, you know, the best on 20 years plus, each one of them. So the experience what I'm gaining day in, day out is absolutely incredible. But I do see myself, you know, I, and I do want to be a manager. Yeah, I want to go back into management. But, you know, when that time comes, it's got to be right. Um, at this moment in time, you know, I, I'm really, really loving this this part of it because um, I've got plenty of time ahead to, to, to do all that type of stuff. So it's about me, you know, doing saving me apprenticeship again, you know, doing all that and getting better at it and being the best person I can be as a being the best Kevin Nolan as a manager or as a coach, whatever 
opportunities I get going forward. But this was an absolutely fantastic opportunity for me going forward with David, you know, till till the end of the season. Obviously, with what's happened, it's been crazy, yeah, with, with you know, with the, this pandemic. But uh, it's been extended till the end of the season, and then we'll just see where it goes from then. I'm sure me and Dave will sit down and. You know, either shake hands and say thanks very much. You'll say thanks very much, and you know you've been a great help. Or thanks very much. I'd like you to continue. So I'm hoping it's going to be the latter rather than the other one. But I just love being back in football and being back amongst it again. Yeah, that's. that's I was just going to say that, Kev. Obviously, it must help going to a club in West Ham that you've obviously had such a successful time as a player, and obviously a large part of that under Sam Allardyce as well. There were some good years at West Ham. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's exactly the same as Bolton and as Newcastle. So whenever I go back to them clubs, it's all the same people behind the scenes. It's all the same people who are still working, you know. And there's just been a few tweaks and uh, and and changes here and there. But the majority of the staff is still there, and you're trying to make sure that you you know you you can move forward, and they they understand what what it means to have the core of the club and the right. And I think. It's just been so nice going to West Ham because everyone's back, and you know, even Mark Noble still calls me skip. You know, so it's it's crazy, um, and then you know you go back to Newcastle when I went back there and I done a few commentary games there. You know, you have all the, the women from behind, you do all the catering and not, and all that, and the people on the desks and they're all coming up. Oh, it's great to see you, big hugs and all the people. And then when I went to Bolton, uh, well, I think it was last season, early on last season maybe, um, I went to one of the games and the amount of people, all familiar faces and. You know, just great to go round, and you know, it just sort of brought all them emotions running back. Because as I said, you never ever, I never ever got to see that really. You know, I never done that round the pitch, and it, you know, for me, it was such, it was such a great time and a great day, but it was such a sad time because you were at a, you were in a, you were at a low point and losing the game to to Norwich in a, in a such a bad way. But the fans, you know, and you know, just seeing everything sort of empty. Uh, I wasn't used to seeing that, <laughs> yeah. which was, you know, massive shock to me. But again, that's what happens, you know what I mean? And hopefully now this is, this, you know, with what's happened in, in the last, you know, couple of days, then um, that, you know, Bolton now can sort of reset and start looking, looking upwards and looking to sort of start um, getting back to, to where I feel they belong. And that's amongst the, the, the big boys in, in the top leagues. But, it's going to be a long road and for um, a few bumps along it, but uh, I'll be backing them uh, as you know, supporting them along the way, definitely. Yeah, well, just to sort of wrap it up, Kev. I mean, we spoke at length, particularly about your time at Bolton. There's a lot, there's been a hell of a lot to talk about. But if you could just sort of finish off with, you know, a message to the supporters, anything that you want to say to them at this minute in time, then then just do so. Yeah, look, I mean, look, it, it's been a tough time for us all over the last couple of months, but I know there's one thing what uh, the supporters of Bolton will be is be right behind the club and behind the team. And I think that's the most important now. Uh, now, obviously, relegation has been uh, confirmed. It's about now starting to build and without you guys, it's it's not going to, it'll only go and what, well, without you guys, it's going to be tough. Um, so it's, it's, it's important that you stick to, to what I know you're, you're about and that's sticking to your club and sticking to your beloved club and, and getting behind them and, and and helping them through this this tough time and making sure that you all stick together because it's a much, much better and uh, it's a much, much, shall we say, uh, not nastier club when, <laughs> if you like, but it's, it's much tougher when 
you come to the Reebok and, and you're behind that team and, and, and moving forward. And I think that's the most important going forward is that everyone's singing off the same aim sheet and you're going in one direction. Um, it's going to be tough. You're going to have uh, lots of bumps and it's going to be, um, but hopefully it's going to be one good ride and, and that's going back to where where I feel that uh, we belong and that's at the point once the, the big boys in, in the top division. So I uh, just want to say all stay safe. Everyone, um, make sure you're doing the right things and make sure when, when we get out of this that you get behind the, behind the boys and behind the, the team, behind the club because they need you more now than they ever are. And I'll certainly be one of you right behind Bolton and hoping that they get there. Brilliant, Kev. Well, it's been fantastic to speak to you. It really has. Yeah. Been a pleasure. Thanks, boys.